Thank you for tuning in to the Victory is Greater Than the Struggle, an ex-lesbian podcast with myself, your host, Jessica Newsom. Okay, so last week we spoke a little bit on just basically how uh, we need to trust God to know the desires of our heart and what it looks like to begin to let God meet our emotional needs. Okay. And with that being said, we kind of went into Psalms 37 verse four, delight yourself in the Lord and he will give you the the desires of your heart and how basically it's not everything that we desire. God's like, yeah, sure. I'll give it to you. I'll give you that person that's actually toxic for you because you want it, right? No, God's a good God. He knows exactly what we need, but then he also knows the things that we don't need as well, right? And so he wants us to adjust our perspective. He wants us to begin to seek him and and serve him and worship him and a byproduct of that is our uh, peace in him. A byproduct of that is feeling fulfilled in our life. And so what I really want to talk about today is happiness, because that is something that people always kind of get stuck with. They struggle with that thought of, yeah, I want to serve God. Yeah, I worship him, all that stuff. But I really just need to be happy. I don't feel happy in this life. I don't feel um, happy at my job, happy um, in my social circle. Whatever the case is, it's a void of feeling happy. And so if we look to the world for happiness, what does that look like? A lot of happiness looks like just having things, okay? Happiness is having that perfect relationship, having kids, all of those things. Those are things that make us happy. But if you look at people, let's say who are rich and famous, who have all of the things that we think if we had those things, we would be totally happy. Then the next thing you know, they commit suicide. Right. And we don't know what's going on in the minds and hearts of those individuals. But if they had those things that we would kind of describe as what would make us happy, if that should have made them happy, but it didn't, there must be something more to this happiness than stuff. There must be something more to happiness than than the things that we think we need in our life. Right. And so chasing after this pursuit of happiness with happiness being our goal, our main focus, not God, happiness being our goal, we will always remain unhappy. Always. There will always be a void in our hearts, in our minds, as we chase happiness without chasing God first, right? A byproduct of following God, a byproduct of chasing after God and serving him and letting him be the God of our lives and saying, you know what, God, like I want you to be my foundation. A byproduct of that is happiness. We will begin to really understand what happiness is. And so let's go to the Bible. Let's go to people in the Bible who have chased after a form of happiness. So if we look at Abraham and Lot, right? So Abraham is on this journey uh, uh, to to this place that God has for him. And he took along Lot, right? His family member, Lot. And so it's him and Lot moving forward. But both of them begin to really just acquire uh, just so much stuff, uh, so much uh, stuff that basically the land that they're on cannot hold both of them. So Abraham's like, you know what? 
you go this way, I'll go that way, or you want to go that way, then I'll go the other way. Whichever way, you pick the land that you want to go to, and I'll go the opposite direction because we don't want strife, strife amongst our people, amongst our servants, right? So let's just go ahead and split up. And so Lot chose the place that looked so much better. Lot chose that that place that, that look like, oh man, this place, it is, it is totally clutch. Like, I love this. It's going to bring me happiness. Look at all the stuff that's in this place. He chose that place, but what he actually chose, not knowing it, was a place that was filled with wickedness. It looked good. It looked like it had all of the things that he wanted, all the things that he desired. And he chose that, uh, that thing that really just called to his flesh and his eyes. He perceived with his eyes that it looked good. And he perceived with his flesh that this will be good for us. Right. And, and it was actually Sodom and Gomorrah, the place that was filled with much wickedness that God eventually totally destroyed, sparing Lot and his daughters. His wife even died along the way trying to leave. And so, so although he perceived with his senses that this was good for him, it actually was not good at all for him. Let's go to someone else. Let's go to Saul, right? Saul, who is chosen by God, Saul, the king, right? Chosen by God. Saul had a heart after God, right? He was for God. You know, God is first. God is everything. And, and I will allow God to lead me as I lead the people, right? But what happens when people get fame? What happens when people seek prestige and, and things above seeking God? That's what Saul did. He, he began to turn from God and turn towards the thing. He began to turn towards chasing accolades and prestige. And that ended up being his downfall. What about Sarah? Sarah was promised a child. Abraham and Sarah, God was like, look, I'm going to do this thing in you. You guys are going to uh, be the parents of many nations. I'm going to give you a child. And from that offspring, man, great stuff is going to be done, right? And so as time passed, Abraham and Sarah began to get just really upset and frustrated because they realized that, hey, they were getting older and Sarah wasn't even pregnant yet. She was getting older. She was, she, she eventually became past that age of, of, of childbearing, right? To where it's like, you know what, man, I don't even know if this is going to happen. It is going to be an act of God because I'm not even supposed to be having children at this age, right? It's not supposed to happen for me anymore. And time passed and time passed. And what happens? They begin to just really become downcast. They begin to really just say, man, I know that that's what God said, but is it going to happen? So much time has passed. And then Sarah said, you know what? Maybe I'm going to, maybe I'll, I'll, I'll help God. I will give my maidservant to my husband and through their offspring, that will be my offspring, right? And God will do this through her. And so Sarah took it into her own hands to do what God said he will do for, for both of them. And so from that, 
<laughs> from 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 disobeying God. If we look further on in the Bible, right? Hagar, her maidservant, Sarah's maidservant Hagar, her offspring just eventually in life in general, um it just became very chaotic. Her her offspring. Um there was so much destruction in that lineage, but God still said, "I am going to do that thing for you." And he did. God still came through for them. Sarah ended up having a child, and that's awesome, but thinking about the fact that she was just frustrated with God's timing. And she said, you know what? I am unhappy. So I'm going to do this. I am going to help God. I am going to bring about my own happiness. That's what so many of us do all the time. We say, you know what? I am feeling, it's all about our feelings. I am feeling unhappy. So therefore I'm going to do whatever I need to do to make myself happy. And then we get in this, in these toxic relationships or we, we don't let go of toxic relationships because we don't want to let go of a form of happiness that is nothing compared to the happiness that God can give us. Nothing at all. And so many of us are just attached to these relationships that bring us down and just pull us further and further away from the things of God. And we are stuck in this place to where we are not letting God grow us into the men, into the women that God has called us to be. We're in this stagnant place to where nothing is really happening in our life, to where we are waiting for the promise, but clinging on to the old. And then we begin to justify this place that we're at. Well, maybe, maybe God just has me here for a longer time because. Well, maybe God didn't do this for me because it wasn't in his will. We justify the stagnation in our life when a lot of times it's us holding ourselves back. It's not God. God has something greater for us. God has a future for us, plans and hopes for us. But a lot of times we discount ourselves from that because we choose to seek happiness our own way. Excuse me. We choose to seek happiness in people and places in in our comfort zones. What are what are those comfort zones that you have in your life? What are those comforting things, those, those things that we glean to that give us a sense of peace, a sense of happiness? Maybe it's pornography. Maybe it's same-sex relationships when God has been calling you out of those things, right? Maybe it's toxic relationships. Maybe it's a lack of discipline. Maybe it's laziness. Maybe it's fear of stepping out into the unknown. God is telling you to do something, but you're afraid that it's not going to happen. Maybe you're too lazy and you're just like, man, that's so much work to put in to, 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 to seeing that thing happen. And you just don't feel like it. Happiness is not something that God promised us. He didn't say, you know what? 
You follow me and you will be happy in everything at all times. No, God actually says, wait a second, you're going to go through the valleys of life. Why? Because it's those things that make you stronger. When you become stronger, when your mind becomes stronger, when you're able to overcome the sins and the temptations that so easily used to entangle you and trap you, you become stronger and a byproduct of that is, be- is you become happier in life. The byproduct is happiness and peace in God. Happiness meaning, you know what? Man, I'm not at that place anymore to where I do that thing that just always kind of kept me trapped and kept me down. I'm at a place to where I'm not watching pornography. I'm not masturbating anymore. Like I'm, I am not entangled in that, uh, 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 perpetuation of that sin. I'm not, I'm not doing that anymore. I'm feeling a sense of freedom in Christ Jesus because that cloak, that, that thing that has been weighing me down, it's now been taken off because I am now able, I am strong enough to walk in the things of God because I know that, that those, those pools, those, those pools of temptation, it's, it's not me because I'm a horrible person. It's the enemy trying to keep me trapped and keep me down and keep me stuck. And now that I know in my mind that this is the enemy, I can really understand that. You know what? The Holy Spirit lives on the inside of me and gives me the power and the strength to turn from, from, from those things and say, you know what? I am going to choose to, to not fall into that trap anymore. I'm going to choose to turn from that sin and cling on to God. And even though my flesh says, I want this thing bad, even though my flesh is like, man, I'm really tempted to do that. I am choosing to not do that. I'm choosing to turn away from the enemy and choosing to turn towards God And I become stronger and stronger to where, you know what? I don't have to beat my flesh up anymore to choose to turn away from those things. I don't want to really do them anymore. And there's things in your life to where you still want to do it. Come on, there's there's areas in my life to where I struggle and I still want to do that sin. My my flesh says, you know what? Yeah, I, I really want to do that. And saying no is hard because my flesh is screaming at me but it's the choices that we make. And it's not, we have to get to a place to where we don't beat ourselves up over the fact that our flesh screams for the flesh, right? We have to get to a place to where we we don't blame other people. My God, don't blame other people for the decisions that you make. It's not their fault. We're the ones that said yes. We're the ones that said okay. We're the ones that gave in to the temptation. It takes two to tango, right? But it's us that said yes. And so we have to just say, okay, you know what, God? Help me to be the person that you've called me to be. Help me to be strong enough to say no. And God says, you know what? I have always given you a way of escape. 
I told you not to answer the phone, told you not to go to their house. I told you not to watch that TV show. I told you to to listen to a sermon instead of doing nothing because that idle mind will oftentimes get you in trouble, right? And you aren't strong enough to rest in that place of idleness because you still give into the temptations of your flesh. God always gives us a way of escape, but do we take that way? Do we take that way? There's people in our lives that, what well, we should have people in our lives that are there to help uplift us, help us to walk in the direction that we should go. People in our lives to help us uh, see clear, like give us clarity with our situation. But do we take that advice? I speak to people all the time and I love it. And I give people that advice because I see the pitfalls that are in front of them. And I'm like, yo, I've been there, done that, fell in that bad boy. You don't want to do that. But not everyone always takes the advice that I give. And then they fall into the trap of sin. They feel discouraged. They beat themselves up and they disappear from me because they feel so bad. We shouldn't live by our feelings. You fall, you better call me back and say, you know what? This is what's going on, Jessica. Pray for me. Or I just want to talk to you. Just talk to me, Jessica. Something. Don't run away when you fall. Don't run away when you choose sin over God. Don't run away from God when you mess up and you fall short. That is the place you need to run to. When things get chaotic and things uh, just turn into absolute chaos, you need to run towards God. Don't worry about all the stuff that you've done and the things that you've messed up. You know what? God is so good at being forgiving. He's so good at loving us. We need to learn to, to, to emulate that and love ourselves and forgive ourselves and move forward after we mess up and say, you know what? I wash my hands of it. Let's run straight forward towards God. When I mess up in life, I have, over time, gotten so much better at running towards God instead of resting in the sorrow and the, the frustration and the anguish of what I've done. I am so much quicker just able to to just turn on worship and just get in the presence of God and move on like nothing. Does that mean that you just don't worry about the sin and you just kind of like, eh, whatever? No. We have to know that, you know what? We 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 messed up in life. We messed up. We have to we're going to feel that burden of that. But we have to give those burdens to God. We have to give that burden to Christ Jesus and say, you know what? I give that to you. I'm moving forward. I'm going to chase after you. And so I hope that you in your life, you choose not to chase after happiness, but instead you begin to choose to chase after God, chase after what it means to serve him, to know him. To understand his heart, to rest in his love, to get closer to him. 
And you will begin to realize by, by then and only then will you begin to understand and realize that happiness is a byproduct of following God. Because the form of happiness that God gives us does not look like the happiness that the world promises us. I thank you guys for tuning in to the victory is greater than the struggle. If you want to donate to this ministry, I would greatly appreciate it. You help this ministry run. You help me uh, do the things that I do. You help me minister to people one-on-one around the world, Belize, Thailand, uh, um, Canada, New York, um, California, Thailand, um, Indonesia, everywhere. It is you that helps me to be able to do this. And you know what? There aren't many people out here that says God did this for me. And I want to walk with people who God is calling, uh, out of homosexuality. So please, if you want to donate to this ministry, you can go to our website, www.loveatthecross.com. Okay. Uh, slash donate. You can go there, check us out. And if you haven't purchased my book, an unconventional love letter to the LGBTQ community, please, you can go on the website and purchase that as well. It will really help the person who wants to minister to the LGBTQ. It will help the person who is in the LGBTQ and God is calling them out and you have so many questions. You're so confused. This book will help you. Okay. I absolutely love you guys and I'll see you next time. Tune in.